Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. She calls me from the cold Just when I was low Feeling short of stable All the chin tins And all she keeps inside Is in on the label She's ashamed Can she take me for a while Can I be a friend We'll forget the past Or maybe I'm not able And I break at the bend 204 DGS on Camelwax Man, have you I know Andrew is because we talked about this in the break uh, are you familiar with Paul Ag- Alexander? He calls himself Polio Paul. I wouldn't call him that. He's been in an iron iron lung. He's the last person uh, alive in an iron lung uh, from polio, and he's been in it since, I think, 1952. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he's in this iron lung, lying on his back, and he has managed to go to school. He became a lawyer. He practiced law for 30 years. He travels. He's written books. I mean, it, 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 that's so incredible. We, we, I at least, spend so much time in this modern world seeing these terrible stories about terrible, terrible people, unspeakable things, and some just like speakable things, but you're just like, seriously? And you really start to feel terrible about humanity, and I can't believe I'm the same species as this person, and then you see someone like this. We're going to try and get him on the show. And that in spite of being uh, trapped, I'm sure he wouldn't say that, but trapped in this giant, uh, looks like a space capsule with only his head sticking out, he's managed to live not just a full life, but a very successful life. And he just seems like the happiest guy. That's, that's, God, that's amazing. I don't know how you do it. I mean, Good I, for I, you. I guess you don't know until you know, I guess is maybe the way I would, I, there's probably a better way to say it, but you don't know how you would handle some kind of adversity like that until you're in that kind of position. But it seems so daunting. I, uh, by, by knowing myself, my guess is that I would go one way or the other. That I would either try to do what he has done to say like, oh, no one expects Anything for me. I'm going to show them and I'm going to do this and this and this. But for me, it probably would have at least started out pretty performative. You know, you can't keep me down. Uh, Or I would have just been the most miserable person to be around ever. And I think it's about equal parts. Yeah. Which way it would have gone. Good question. I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, I'm always just shocked that that anyone can go through the things that some 
humans do and and come out of it not the I, most bitter people. I told in the, the world. story before this has been you know 10 years ago at least I was at uh, the restaurant at the Chase by myself having breakfast and uh, a guy came in and sat at the table next to me with his probably 10-year-old daughter and she was in this gigantic wheelchair, the kind that's more like a, a gurney. And she was obviously very, very debilitated and uh, really couldn't tell whether she was aware of much. And he was like feeding her little pieces of pancake. And he was, you know, a little bit younger than me. And we caught eyes. And he goes, every day, dude. And I just remember going, Whew, man. Thank God there's special people like that. Yeah. I mean, in that case, you do what you have to do because you're a parent. But not every not every parent does. Not every parent even stays around if their kids have no disabilities, much less something that profound. Yeah. So, yeah, again, people like that kind of keep you in the game. Yeah. There are special people. Yeah. Without question. For and sure. Why, you know, we're all wired a little bit differently, but there's definitely that special quality. Uh, weird transition. It's Friday. Don't expect any transitions. Don't expect any slickness from me today. <laughs> but this this story, which has been going on all week, I've known about this story all week. And for some reason, it's, it's interesting on the face of it, but I haven't really, really thought about it. But this case of the three Kansas City Chiefs fans who, uh, I guess, froze to death or we at don't least know. were found frozen yeah. in, in mm-hmm. this lawyer's backyard. And the lawyer's full of crap. I don't know if he killed them, but the whole, he says, I slept for 48 hours straight, didn't wake up once, didn't mm. go to the bathroom, had no idea what was going didn't on. Didn't notice their cars that, still outside his that, house. That, something's going on. It sounds weird. Yes. I mean, Lord only knows what, you know, but it's... They're outside your house. Also, maybe I've watched too many movies, but how do we not know how they died by now? Well, they're still doing the the medical examiners are still working on figuring that out. Um, but yeah, think about how this happened too. They were discovered by the fiance of one of the dead men. Mm. He she just came over to see like what the hell's going on. I know they came here. Where are they? And she found her fiance. I mean, like, I it is a bizarre story. It feels like one that. Is like straight out of a Law and Order, you know, or straight out of one of yeah. the, or straight out of one of the true crime stories yeah, you I'm see on Netflix. I'm watching True Detective season four, and it's a little bit eerily related to that. Yeah, and I, I'd be really curious because it's not a huge house; it's not like a sprawling complex where you're like, "Oh, he's out by the servants' quarters." I don't go out there. Yeah, you know, it's not like that. And the fact that their cars were still parked out front, and the guy's story was something like, "Well, I wouldn't find it strange if one of them just left their car here for two days." Yeah. I mean, there's just something not adding up. What do you guys uh, switch into politics real quick here? I, I find this just fascinating that the RNC with Nikki Haley still in the hunt doing fine. She's not setting the world on fire, but she and DeSantis basically tied for second. And then she had, a, I thought, a very good showing in uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, do I think she's going to come back and win? No, I don't think so. But it's not like she's Asa Hutchinson, right? And uh, supposedly, uh, at Trump's urging, one of his sycophants uh, in the RNC introduced a resolution that they just call it right now. Make him the presumptive winner. And... Everyone, including Republicans and Trump people, went crazy because, uh, yeah, that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. 
we're in the second primary and this is going to go another couple of months and you're saying let's not let this former governor and ambassador to the United Nations compete even though she has millions and millions and millions of dollars from donors it, that was crazy crazy enough that Trump himself smelled it and then said nope uh, I've decided I, I won't take the coronation I want to win fair and square that's a weird turn of events why do you think the the reaction was that? Because he he's going to win, right? I mean, like, it's not like there's any real threat based on polls, based on the results of Iowa or New Hampshire. Uh, it doesn't sound like, even though South Carolina is Haley's home state, it doesn't sound like they expect anything different to happen in South Carolina than happened in New Hampshire. What what's the hurry? Like, what's is there is there some benefit I don't know about from like just getting it over with now, or is it just? We don't like her. She's making too much noise, and we just don't want to have to have the fight. No, I think it was that Trump said, hey, why don't you just say I won? And they said, okay, let's say that he won. And then when people hated it, for the same reason that if, uh, you know, it ends up being the Lions and uh, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and by the halfway through the first quarter, the Chiefs are up by 10 points, you go, let's just call it. Why don't we just yeah. go ahead and call it? Yeah. I mean, I know that it's the Super Bowl, and I know that there are millions and millions of people watching, and there's billions of dollars invested, but come on. These guys are going to win. They're not no, going to come gonna, back. We but know they're going to win. It's more like, based on the, the numbers, it's more like an NBA team facing a high school team and being like, we don't want to play the game. Just call it. Why don't you just go beat them? You're winning by a lot. There's no, I mean, unless, again, that's why I'm saying, I, unless there's something I'm missing, What's the difference? You're going to win anyway. Why not just let it play out? Then you get to brag. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it's going to go now. Because he's going to, I mean, barring something we haven't been able to to foresee at this point, he's going to win. He's going to be the nominee. They're, the polls are not close unless something dramatically shifts in how these primaries go. Yeah. There's Joe Manchin on television. I really, I'm no political expert by any means, but I really think that these guys are going to control who wins. Whether the uh, No Labels Party gets in, which it sounds like, I mean, they've made a commitment that if it's Biden, Trump, they're going to get in. Mm -hmm. And who the ticket is. And are who, they on the ballots? And who they take from. See, I don't, I don't get that. How you can just jump in. Don't you have to be on the ballot? You have to do something. Or do you just, can you just count but, on writing? But these aren't stupid people, and they seem to think that even after Super Tuesday, they can they can get in. Mm, I, I would totally support those types of things. I would love to have three or four or five parties just to have more choices, more different ways of looking at the world than the two that we're presented with. Are you feeling like you're probably going to throw your vote away in November? I don't think that. Well, it, 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 Here's the thing. It only matters in three states. Maybe four. The rest of them, it doesn't make any difference. If you're a Republican presidential voter in California, your vote doesn't matter at all. And if you're a if you're a liberal voter in Missouri these days, or if you're a liberal voter in Alabama, your vote for president does not matter because you cannot win. And all of the delegates are going to go to the candidate that wins the, the state. There's no splitting it up. I would argue that it's either time to get rid of the electoral college and just make it straight popular vote, or you have to divide the, the uh, what do you call it, the electoral college votes based on the percentage that you got in your state. 
how can it be that we're okay with a system where in many states your vote just doesn't matter at all because your your candidate cannot win they cannot win that state under mm-hmm. any circumstance and that means all of the votes from that state go to the one you don't want how does that make any sense i mean if if you're if you're a conservative voter in california do you not want to have some say in who the president is so if it goes 60-40, well, you should get 40%. But we do this thing now where you get all of them. If you win the state, you get them all. Well, then you're just telling that percentage of people their vote doesn't mean anything. So would you, would you just do uh, a vote like you're voting for class president in high school kind of thing? I would. Why? I mean, look. If, if, we, if we need to be protected from ourselves, the folks that are in charge aren't doing a w- good job of that anyway. It should be fair. Your vote should count. No matter who you're voting for, it should matter. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the rinds, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Swallow my doubt, turn it inside out, find nothing but faith in nothing. I want to put my tender heart in a blender. Watch it spin round to a beautiful oblivion. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you. I burn, burn like a Welcome back, guys. DJS and KMOX 221. So this past Monday, just a few days ago, uh, I did a sound story interview. I told you guys about that. And uh, I interviewed a guy named Bob Menz, and he uh, from St. Albans, although he's only been out there for uh, for a little while. And he wrote a book, among many other things that he did, because I know as much about his life as anyone outside his family, because I interviewed him for about an hour and a half. And uh, I thought the, the book was so interesting. And I asked him to come in and be a guest. Uh, the book is called St. Albans and its History, Folklore, Golf, and Characters. Bob, good to see you again. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. yeah did you did here. you have fun during the interview? I did. That was a blast. Good. Uh, I'm I, glad. Yeah. 
there's, it, it, it's really interesting uh, spending an hour, hour and a half uh, getting to know a stranger so intimately. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, your life has been so successful, it kind of pissed me off. Like the whole time I was interviewing, I'm like, well, there's another success for Bob. So no, no you've really, you, I can, I can, you've lived, you've lived a life well lived. Well, you really thank you. Have. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, it, it also forces you to go back and, and think about all and remember and search for all these things that you did in your life. So yeah, that's it, it, it's very interesting. That yeah. sound story. Uh, it's a great it, exercise. It really is. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, so the book. So you, you moved out to St. Albans and you fell in love with it and you noticed a uh, a tombstone and that kind of got you started on, I wonder who this guy was. And you started doing research and turned into this book. Uh, we can talk about anything you want to talk about about it. But what I found fascinating was uh, Bob just sort of like uh, very casually said like, oh, you see this mountain right here. Uh, that is where Meriwether Lewis climbed up and almost died. And the guys got mad at him, and Lewis and Clark were right there. Yes, right yeah. where you live. That's that's exactly what happens at uh, Tavern Rock and Tavern Cave. The story really begins in a cave, and it was uh, the second day of the expedition after Lewis and Clark and his forty-five people left uh, St. Charles. They had always planned to stop at this cave that was hundreds and hundreds of years old, and the Indians and French and everybody knew about it. Back then, the cave was right on uh, the river's edge. It was right at the water. Uh, and it didn't go very deep into the rocks, but it was a very large, wide cave. And they stored some provisions there, uh, story has it. And uh, they, uh, that was a resting spot. That was a place of refuge for uh, river travelers uh, over the years. So they stopped there, and uh, 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 there's a terrific painting uh, in the book by Gary Lucy of, uh, of, of the, uh, the expedition stopping there and partying on the shore. Hmm. And uh, uh, everybody else wanted to go in the cave, but Lewis uh, was a bit of an oddball, and he wanted to go up to the top of the rock, which was 300 feet above that. And uh, he made the climb. He got up to the top, and... Um, was kind of searching around, figuring he could get down to the cave in a a, a, a different uh, a, a different route, and he slipped and fell. And fortunately, he had a long uh, Bowie knife with him, and he thrust that into the side of the of the. Uh, uh, the crazy, and, and that kind of saved him. And mm-hmm. I, I, the story has it that there was uh, someone else that kind of grabbed a hold of him yeah. too, but. If he would have fallen, he would have fallen uh, 300 feet on top of the boat, which was directly below him. And, and even if he would have broken a leg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, you know, the expedition would have been known as the Clark Expedition, right. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but uh, it, and it was, the Lewis and Clark Expedition is, I mean, the book covers a variety of things, but, but, but this was the beginning, really, of St. Albans. And um, it was uh, fascinating. I... I always found one of the more fascinating things about the expedition was uh, the fact that they went 3,000 miles, two and a half years, basically. Nobody died except uh, uh, right after it started. There was a young man, on uh, one of the soldiers died of uh, appendicitis. Hmm. So they lived through grizzly bear attacks, Indian attacks, all kinds of things. 
uh, freezing temperatures. And- yeah, I love the image of them uh, when they walked up on the on the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, just having no idea it was there. No, they had no idea anything was what was around the next corner, and um, just. Think of this for a minute. This boat weighed about 45 tons, and uh, the there were 45 men, and they were going upriver with this boat, not downriver, mm-hmm. but upriver. And when they uh, ran into issues uh, and, and they didn't have the wind that they needed, they used ropes and, and um, poles uh, to propel themselves up the river. And it, that... That is a feat that's, you know, almost unbelievable. And everyone knows Lewis and Clark. Everyone knows Lewis and Clark. Yeah. But even we, I don't think, give it nearly the credit that it deserves. We just kind of, you know, it's like, oh, Lewis and Clark, this, 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 and this. But it, it's just one of the most amazing things humans have ever done. Right. It really exactly. is. And, and they recorded that there were five um, journals that the soldiers wrote every uh, every night they would write down all the things that they um, wrote about and everything else. So the uh, this particular cat, Tavern Cave episode is in the journals, uh, and Tavern Cave is in St. Albans, right, uh, just about a half a mile hmm. off the uh, away from the post office on the railroad tracks. Uh, it's still there today. It's been, you know, it doesn't look the same. And, and the other thing that kind of happened that, the town moved. Actually, the town didn't move. The river moved, and and uh, the river is no longer alongside the cave, but it's about a half a mile away. But uh, still, uh, the cave is uh, uh, associated with St. Albans, uh, which got its name about twenty five years later. Yeah. Hmm. I wish you would. I wish you would write, or someone would write a book about Lewis and Clark here. I think that's that that would fill a book. Just when I go to see my mom and I'm on Route 3 and I go right on Pogue Road and I'm a mile from the house I grew up in, 200 yards that way are the uh that's where Lewis and Clark put in. Right. That's yeah. where they started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've driven I've I've driven by that 10,000 times in my life. And I only recently realized, oh, those log cabins. Oh, that's what that is. The museum is great too, right where you're talking about, right at the confluence. Mm-hmm. I really nice I really need to go. Yeah. Uh, so the the book is St. Albans, and it's history, folklore, golf, and characters. It is a, a beautiful book. Like, I'm I'm still kind of 10 years old. I like the pictures, <laughs> and I like the way it feels, and it's really, really nice. Bob, how do people pick this book up? Well, they can call uh, the pro shop. It's at the Country Club of St. Albans. Uh, the number is 636-458-3062. The pro shop was open every day except Monday, and I might add that that all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds, are going towards the renovation of those cemeteries that are on the golf course. That very nice. That that kind of got me. There's 75 uh, graves, uh, 52 of which uh, we've identified, and most people associate graves with a, a born date and a dead date, but not. What we decided to do is I spent five years researching the lives of these people. So as many of these, there's 52 stories about these people and not just the day that they were born, the day that they died, but as much as I could possibly find out about them in between. That's cool. And uh, I That's could cool. uh, uh, mention the, the number again. It's 636 and it's 458-3062. 
they will take your credit card number and they'll put a book um, uh, in the mail to you immediately. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, you again. Thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. DGS and Camwax. Before we do Stairway to Kevin, a question for Kevin. Have you seen the Can I Put Your Dog Down pranks? No, so I don't think so. So it's, uh, it's, 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 you know how it is on, on social media. Someone does it and then everyone starts doing it. Of course, yeah. I can't take one more person or group of people who do the, we're reacting to the first time we've ever heard this song. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't care. I don't care. It was good when this one guy did it, and now you're just, just <laughs> go make up something on your own. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Just make up something on your own. Uh, but there's this guy who goes around and says, oh, can I hold your dog? Okay. And can I? And it's a, a stupid joke. Can I put your dog down? And they say yes. And he pulls out a, a real hypodermic. Oh, Jesus. And holds the dog real tight and starts moving the hypodermic towards the dog. And people, of course, flip out. And, uh, you know, grabbed the dog. One guy grabbed his dog and threw it over a fence because he was at a park and he was afraid the guy was insane because why wouldn't you think the guy's insane? And um, so I want to know what you would do if a guy took the, the green needle towards your dog. But I know you like pranks, but when and some of these guys get get their butts kicked and they're screaming, it's a prank, dude. It's a prank. If If you prank me in a way that triggers me that much that I'm hitting yeah. you and you yell it's a prank, I want to hit you harder. I like pranks on people you know because they know you, you know them. There's a level of trust, right? Like you know your friend is not going to do that to your dog. I don't like pranking strangers. I don't I'm, I don't like, and I also don't like pranking people with something that is scaring them. I'm like really, I, Other than like a jump scare. But again, that should be people you know. People that you're friends with, people that you know, maybe you're doing it with your husband or your wife or whatever. It's one thing to do those things when there's familiarity and there's a relationship, and it's another thing entirely 
to make a stranger think that you might be a crazy person trying to kill their dog, hurt their kid, take their money. You know, like the guy, there's that guy who walks through the streets of L.A. And he just stops in front of guys and he stares at him like he wants to fight him. And he like flinches at him and like, dude, you are going to get hurt and you'll deserve it. Because people don't trust who trusts the a stranger. guy that got shot. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. The person I'm, who shot him was found not guilty. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Be. I'm really surprised by how uh, how this has continued, even in light of that. I mean, some of these I think are staged. Some of the I'm not. I don't know if the dog ones are, but I think so, uh, uh, some of the pranks you see online are staged. Um, oh we know, yeah, we yeah. know at least that one wasn't because the guy was shot, and I'm just shocked that people still are approaching strangers and playing uh, very unfunny, aggressive pranks on them uh, in light of some people are actually getting shot. And thankfully he didn't, he did actually go to jail for firing a gun in a, in a public place, which I thought was a little uh, mm. silly in that situation. Yeah. I, I just, there's the other one that we've talked about. That's super, super mean too, is like the ones that are playing the fake nuclear war thing yeah. for their family. Like that level is not funny. Okay, one thing, jumping out from around a corner and scaring, you know, your husband, ah, that's one thing. And you can have a conversation. If they don't like it, you talk and say, we're not doing that anymore. Stop that. But if you're doing this to random people, you don't, like, if somebody did that to me with my dog, they would get a punch in the face for sure. At least that. Even once I knew they were kidding, you're still getting the punch in the face. And I will go to court and defend myself in front of a jury of my peers. And say the, the he convinced me that he was going to hurt my dog. I mean, you're going to want me on that jury. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. If you don't want, if you, if when you put people into a place where their response is significant fear, not oh you scared me, but like significant yeah, PTSD fear, kind of stuff. Then you cannot. Well, that's another part of it too. You almost think about suing them because that's clearly going to do damage to some people. But, like, you put somebody into that response, the fight-or-flight response. And you know what? I'm, if they hit you, you deserve it. The, the pranksters who I've seen on TikTok, I hate them. And I mm. know what I should say is, and what I almost started to say was, now, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. I'm lying. Yeah. No. I do want to see them get hurt. I'm completely mm -hmm. lying. That makes me a bad person, I guess. No. But the people who do things like that... Uh, I, I kind of want to see him get their butt no, kicked. No, because there's no way to put it. There's no other way to put a stop to it. I think I think I'm not saying they should all get shot or whatever, but I think people reacting very poorly and very aggressively is the only thing that's ever going to put a stop to this. Stairway to Kevin. All right, you guys, I'm going to give you a choice because I have two things that I'm equally excited about. Uh, either history or space. Any choices? I guess Can't I'll go, go wrong. Yeah, I guess I'll go with Space, All right, let's do this. So, Andrew, we got the audio from this. Uh, Dave, you know uh, the scientist Brian Cox, not the actor, but the British yes, scientist. Yes, sure. So he's the one that you're going to hear speaking here, and he's pointing out uh, an interesting thing about something the Hubble Space Telescope has been able to observe uh, in a space that we thought was basically empty in outer space when you look at it. But listening to him frame how much of the sky you're actually looking at and what is there is ridiculous. It's a piece of sky that you would cover if you took a five pence piece and held it 
about 25 metres away. So imagine taking a five pence piece and putting it 25 metres away over a tiny piece of sky. It was deliberately chosen because it's a dull, uninteresting piece of sky. Actually, from the surface of the Earth, you would see virtually nothing in it at all. Um, it's not empty. It's got lots of structure, lots of points of light in. There are actually over 10,000 points of light or blobs in that image. And virtually every one of them, over 10,000 of them, are actually galaxies distant galaxies. So they're not stars, they're galaxies. Now those galaxies on average have, what, 100,000 million stars like our sun in them, at least. The most distant object in that image is 13.2 thousand million light years away. It was actually discovered in this image only a few months ago. Now light travels at 300,000 uh, kilometers per second, 186,000 miles a second. And at that speed, it's taken over 13 billion years to travel from the most distant object in that image to Earth, to the Hubble Space Telescope. Now, when you think that the Earth is only just under 5 billion years old, it means that most of the light from most of the galaxies in that image began their journey, began its journey to Earth before there was an Earth. And, um, <laughs> so that stuff frightens me. I mean, so again, I, I, when, the way he frames it is simple. I don't know how big a five pence piece is. Let's just call it. Let's just say it's the size of a quarter. So take a quarter and put it seventy-five feet away from you, but up in the sky. So you have to look to the sky to see that quarter. That's how much space it's actually looking at. And it was an empty space from what we could tell. It was dark. There's nothing there. But when it zoomed out, when the when the Hubble did its thing, you could see all of these galaxies that he's talking about. And I don't know why, but that stuff just blows my mind. So the the only argument, the, the only argument at all against us not being alone is a religious argument, correct? Yeah, yeah, because math mm -hmm. says there has to be. And when I was religious, the way I used to describe it, if, if, I, if I wanted to say that we're the only project God has going, is I would say, well, it's God. And so when he just waved his arm and created the cosmos, why wouldn't it go on for ridiculous uh, uh, spaces? Why wouldn't it go sure. on for infinity? Yeah. And that mollified me back then. It, it clearly doesn't now. But other than a religious argument, I can't imagine. I can imagine scientists like the Fermi paradox saying, well, yeah, there could be trillions and trillions of civilizations out there, but we may never meet them because of the spaces. Right, right. However, I can't imagine any thinking person thinking that we are the only life in this vast universe. And, and when you're thinking about that, like he's talking about the hundreds of thousands of blobs of light, each one a galaxy, each one with hundreds of millions of stars inside that galaxy. You're like, what is it? How? How, how do we even understand these things? And how do you quantify those numbers? So, yeah, that that is... It, it, there's just... No, and, there's no like rational way to say life only exists here. By the way, I just saw a story today, too, that they're following up. There may be even more signs that there was life on Mars at some point. And, and something amazing about humans is that we talked yesterday about what a young country we are. Yeah. We're just an adolescent country. Yeah. yeah. Well, the founding fathers didn't know about dinosaurs or germs. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they were we still, weren't doing, they still leeching? Yeah. And that's what George Washington basically died of. He, yeah. he was bled. Uh, and here we are talking about these things. And like that, and that's the other thing that blows my mind is that we have technology simply by placing something outside our atmosphere where you can see yeah. 
13 and a half yeah. billion years away. Well, have you guys, like, when I was in the desert to, to visit my brother in Tucson, when I was in the Grand Canyon with Nick, and when I was in Alaska, uh, have you guys really seen a clear sky? Yes, but it's been a long time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, growing up here, like, I grew up kind of in the country, so I could see more stars than I could, like, where I live now. Right. But when you're really out somewhere with no light pollution and you can see the Milky Way, it is a game changer. Mm-hmm. DGS. Uh, we have Brad Young coming up at the top of the hour. He's going to talk about the Supreme Court. Lots of interesting things going on there. We probably won't have a verdict in the Donald Trump, E. Jean Carroll case by the time Brad's on, because that's like, you know, 15 minutes away. But we could definitely have one today. He'll talk about that. He'll talk about all sorts of interesting legal things. Uh, we're just talking about the universe and the, the night sky. And Andrew has never seen like a, a truly uh, dark night sky in the Milky Way. And ask what it's like. And the first time I saw it was probably 1993. And I was going out to visit my brother. He lived in Tucson. I'd never been out to the Southwest. And I flew into Phoenix. I rented a car. And I rented a convertible just for this reason. Because it was nighttime. It was like midnight. And it's about an hour and a half or so from Phoenix to Tucson. And I'm driving and it's it's like a movie. It's 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 like a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's just me. There's no one on this road but me, as far as I can see in either direction. And I look up into the sky and I see, you know, this amazing like the Milky Way and the whole bit. And it sounds ham fisted, but it's true. I literally drove off the road and I'm I'm like in the desert, twenty feet off the road, and I just get out and just stare at it. It, it was that striking. Wow. And then again, when Nick and I were were camping in the the Grand Canyon for three days, uh, the first night that we were down there, we we're in a tent, and it, you just can't describe it. You just can't stop looking at it. Wow. Oh, I'm like getting emotional. It's. I mean, it's, it's. I don't know that I've ever had that clear with the naked eye. I've definitely had that clear look through a telescope, um, but it, it it is it, it, the 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 detail that you can see. In space, you know, that distance from standing on planet Earth mm. is insane. Could you guys see? I, I, I act like Detroit is in the Arctic, but <laughs> <laughs> when I was in Anchorage, uh, you could see the Aurora Borealis oh, yeah. many nights. Uh, and that looks exactly like it looks in movies, too. You probably could in northern Michigan, the the upper peninsula. I've never been there. Uh, which I can't is weird. Never been the I know, UP. I know. I grew up like. Well, well, I've never been in the Arch. Yeah. I grew up in the, the southeast. <laughs> Uh, portion of the mitten that is Michigan, uh, and no, we never ventured up north. But yeah, I mean, you you get up to there, you're you're in Canada, you're you're well up into Canada there, right? I mean, I, I I've not, I don't think I've ever seen the Northern Lights though. I'm trying to think of if wow. I've ever been a place where I could see them. I don't think I have. Uh, one thing that drives me crazy is Kyle Jinzy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kyle, I don't know if you, you, Kyle seems pretty normal. He seems more like a boomer. Um, <laughs> That's his new nickname, Kyle thing the Boomer. That drives me crazy about Gen Z is they have to name everything. And poly employment 
is an expression for Gen Z and some millennials when you describe having multiple jobs at once, which makes me want to throttle someone because <laughs> most of us have had more than one job at once, yes. and we didn't need a name for it. You just called it working two jobs. Just working two jobs, three yeah. jobs, you know. Plus, I don't know. It just feels easier to say that. Yep, got two jobs. Not, I saw another one. I have poly employment. I saw another one today, a Gen Z person, about Kyle's age probably, just going off. Gen X and boomers, you had everything handed to you. You had, like, I understand. I understand. We all hate each other. Like, the, <laughs> the, the generations are always, which I don't know when that started. Uh, maybe it goes all the way back. But I can concede some things that were better when I was a kid or easier for me with XYZ. But check your 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 being so hyperbolic mm-hmm. everything was handed to you dude you need your skinny little ass kick <laughs> not everything was handed to any generation first of all mm-hmm. leave leave us extras out of it man that's all you guys want well i guess i'm kind of one of you but yeah. it's true gen x has really escaped a lot of the criticism well we don't have any power the boomers have never given it up look at dc who runs the show and i guess it really did skip yeah, right over that. to the millennials i mean it ain't gen x i can tell you that yeah, who are the that. who are the famous Gen X politicians, leaders? I mean, don't get me wrong. Gen X people are doing brilliant things in Silicon Valley, in the military, and all that. I mean, that's not you know. But in, when it comes to policymakers, who are the big Gen X policymakers? So that would be between uh, thirty five and no, like. Well, I mean, I'm, forty and sixty. So you're you're on the very you're on the I'm very on the early year. end of yeah, Xers. Yeah, so forty yeah. to sixty. So yeah, yeah, and actually, it might even be like forty five. And 45 to six, I mean, like millennials are in their 40s. Ugh, don't remind me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely skipped a general, but we've talked about it a million yeah. times because the the current but day politicians is, don't retire. They stay until they die. Maybe that time is coming, though, because I'll be 60 in September. And for for politics, you're still pretty young until you're yeah, 70, yeah. At the, you know, minimum. Well, it coincides with people living longer, yeah. having better lives, you know, having better uh, quality of life as you get older and all that. Yeah. All right. Uh, top of the hour, we have the news and then Brad Young talking about the Supreme Court and what is happening with Donald Trump in court today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh. 